all of a sudden I have no steering. I'm on I-5. Traffic is not great. My engine has been cutting out and like my engine is just stopping as I'm driving sometimes. It'll just like turn off. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Badassery. I'm your host, Christine Lozada. This is a traveling podcast meant to inspire you to be just 1% more badass today than you were yesterday. I'm currently traveling in California. I am on the road on one heck of an adventure. And I'm so excited about today's guest, which is Candice, who I've been traveling with. She lives such a different kind of lifestyle. And it's really opened my eyes to a totally different perspective on how people both live and travel. So let's bring her in. Hi, I'm Candice with Chasing Candice. And I'm a photographer, a wilderness guide, tour guide. I've circled the globe twice, bungee jumped out of a hot air balloon, lived out of my car, rebuilt a van. Let's talk about the van. <laughs> She lives in a van down by the river so where did it all start why the van why the van i've wanted to live in a van since i was a little kid you know the chris farley snl skit like mm, my parents yeah. showed me that to try to prevent me from doing that and i was like yeah government cheese bring it <laughs> it's inspired <laughs> how old were you when 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 you started this dream of van life like little girl like five or little girl like 12? No, I want to say I was like eight or nine because it was right around the time that my dad moved to Texas and mm -hmm. I was already, like I was flying by myself between Washington and wow. Texas. Were you allowed eight. to do that at that age? At eight years old, yeah. We did like the unaccompanied minor thing and then my wow. sister was with me. Some of the, like, my sister was with me, but she was even younger. So I was eight. She would have been six. Wow. And so I was just the two of us taking care of things. I'm trying to think of how I would feel flying somewhere as a six or eight year old. That's kind of gnarly. All right, so. I don't think you have a choice. <laughs> Fair. Uh, Ashley, were you scared during those times? The first couple times mm -hmm. I was, but like when you're that young, you have to have like a, a flight attendant or somebody mm -hmm. will go with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For most of it. It's still a stranger though. Yeah, we ended up, I think that's when I became really good at like making friends with strangers though, as mm. you've seen. Yeah. Like it's on those trips because the person next to me would always want to talk. And my sister mm. isn't a talker. And so she'd be like, here you go, Candace. Mm -hmm. I'd always get the middle seat and have to talk to whatever stranger they sat us next to. Oh yeah. Candace talks to everybody. I mean, I'm super outgoing and love to talk to people, but there are times I'm like, stop talking to people. We need to go. <laughs> <laughs> strangers are just friends I haven't met yet. Uh, that's actually a great way of putting it. I mean, so many of life's best adventures are, are just, they're just so much better when they're with someone else that you can share them with. Mm -hmm. And think about how many adventures we've had. But we are talking about vans all right fast forward so you're a mm -hmm. kid yep. thinking about vans mm -hmm. when did the van life come to life i think when i moved to alaska and i realized that it was possible and then um i kind of put it off for a couple years when you say it's possible what do you mean like um, i mean when i think of oh i'm gonna start van life in alaska it's like no that sounds really cold and awful so what do you mean by possible I think prior to that, I was still like very much in the like American dream, nine to five. Mm. I was still in grad school. I was oh, like, got it. van life and like that lifestyle will be retirement me. Okay, right? so that makes sense. If you haven't checked it out, make sure you check out my other episode with Candace, which talks about how she 
basically said goodbye to the normal life, right? You were mm -hmm. like going to school at that time to mm -hmm. be a physical therapist. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, and instead went to Alaska and did a whole different adventure there. So that was when you were like, ah, okay, so that yeah. might be a potential. Yeah, I don't have to retire for this. I can do it now. Mm -hmm. And when did you start it? 2019. So it was a couple years later that I actually mm -hmm. started it because I prioritized international travel. And that's when I did like circle the globe and la 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 la. <laughs> awesome. All right, van life. Van life. Where did it start? Alaska. Actually, what were you feeling? Like, were you like so ready to go do it or were you nervous or like, what did that look like? I was nervous, but I was like amped. I was like, finally, it is happening after all of these years. It's finally happening. And like, at that point, too, my partner at the time, we had been together for three years. Mm -hmm. We had built a lot into our relationship revolving mm -hmm. around van life and how we mm. wanted to do it together. And it was going to be this great adventure. So it was like well-researched and talked about and stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Makes sense. And so mm. we were, had been like weighing out the pros and cons as far as like, do we get like the sprinter type thing? Do we get an older van that's going to be cheaper? But okay, less talk reliable? about what you got. So what I got <laughs> was I got an 88 Ford Econo line. Uh, it's Canadian, so it's it was already built out as a camper van. It's fiberglass top, 88. Translation, old AF and not from the United States. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, shit's in metric, which makes it a little bit more difficult oh, to like work on, but also like mm -hmm. it's a Ford, so like parts are readily available. Plus 88 was kind of a sweet mm. spot for transmissions mm. and whatnot. Their electrical system, a little iffy but like that was right before computers got into the picture and so it's actually way easier to work on yeah myself or with like well not necessarily because like there's not many mechanics that work on older vehicles anymore because mm. nobody's trained in those types of engines everything's oh, computer now so most mechanics can't work on a very mechanical <laughs> engine okay so you got this van yeah you were in canada or it's just from canada it you was, were in Alaska at the time. I was in Alaska, but where I live in Alaska, so Skagway, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's eight miles to U.S. Customs. If and you're not watching today's episode and you're just listening, she's trying to show me this using her hand as a map. <laughs> I'm just blankly staring at her hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's Alaska, the map on my hand. Oh, okay. Um, so anyway, so it's eight miles to U.S. Board, U.S. Customs Office. Ah, got it. It's 14 miles to mm. the border. And there's only one road out of town mm. and that's it. And so like, I just drove three hours to Whitehorse, Canada, yeah, yeah. got the van, okay, brought that it makes back. Sense. Mm -hmm. Are you willing to share how much you paid for the van? Yeah, it was a little... Wait, I want to guess. Yeah. Um, okay. So I've seen a picture of this van uh -huh. and I'm not talking about you putting work into it and all that other stuff. Um, I'm trying to guess at how much it would be. M my first car ever when I turned 16 was a 19... 83 Jeep Grand Cherokee that was uh, very rusty and stick shift and like sounded like it was going to blow up <laughs> every time I started it. That thing probably was worth like $2,000. <laughs> but your van, uh, all right, an 88, so it's older, it's a bigger vehicle, probably has a lot more going on. Um, Low mileage though. I would say somewhere in like the 10 to 20,000 range. Really? What is it? I paid just over five grand for it. Oh. Like, I, I had mm. allotted, we each put in six grand, so mm -hmm. we had 12 grand total that we were like, we're going to do 
12 grand for yeah. the build, for the van, everything. Wow. And I like just went over it. Like I think wow. total my build cost me 14 grand. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. But like using recycled material, mm -hmm. it took me way longer to build because I was sourcing everything. Yeah. But I saved a crazy amount of money. That's amazing. That way. All right, I'm, I'm impressed just with that part. All right, so you worked on building your van. Mm -hmm. So for someone who's never been inside of your van before, describe what the experience is like. Ooh, it is so cozy <laughs> and cute, like a little cabin. Everything's like wood that's just been stained lightly. And so it's like that cozy cabin, like log cabin feel, you know? It's not modern at all, because like it's there's no white. Mm -hmm. um, also, it kind of feels like a grandma's cozy cabin because all the fabric that I got was also from like a fabric shop that had gone out of business. And so I just grabbed whatever was available. And mm -hmm. so like it's floral, like my curtains are floral. Wow. And um, so it kind of feels like grandma's cozy cabin. I'm trying to think of actually that would be it if your van turned into an Airbnb listing. My guess is it would say grandma's, grandma's cozy, cozy cabin. cabin. Totally. Yeah, it would. It would from 88. That's amazing. Okay. Mm -hmm. And 2019 is when you started. And so that's when I bought it, but oh, okay. I still, I ran off to Central America instead of working on it. <laughs> so uh, you did some things. So I did things. How long have you actually lived the van life? I've been living off and on van life since 2019. Cause I spent part of the winter mm -hmm. in Alaska in, was it 2019? Yeah. In 2019 in the van. Mm-hmm. Until it got too cold, and then I went to Central America. What's too cold? It was so snowy. It was, like, right around Thanksgiving, and I was over it. It's like 30s. Less less than that. It, I ended up moving into a house for a couple of weeks um, when it hit 30s because the right. heater wasn't working. So we're, <laughs> we're currently living on a bus right now, in case you're watching today's episode. I am, And if you're not watching today's episode, I'm currently wearing a beanie, a ski jacket, and, like, 50 layers underneath that. <laughs> And it's, what's the temperature outside right now? Uh, when we checked a few like 50. Hours. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's in the 50s, like low 50s. Yeah. I couldn't do snow. That's not really. Okay. Yeah. So was van life what you expected it to be? Like your childhood dream? Like were you living the dream? I, yeah, yeah, I was. There were parts of van life that I was surprised by, but I expected it. Like as like an adult what? going into it, I knew that it would be more difficult like mm. everything like small things like making sure that you have water going to mm. the toilet little things like that you have to be really aware of and like okay I went to the toilet where am I going to dump this toilet later mm. do I have enough water to do dishes today am I going to like say any for someone who has visited grandma's cozy cabin on wheels what is the restroom experience like so you know the toilet that we have here it's like kind of like a bucket toilet right so imagine uh, a little seat that looks scary AF, and that is the current toilet. Yes, go on. Yep. It's basically a, a glorified bucket porta potty mm. situation. Um, and that's what I got. And where do you dump it and clean it up? I go to dump stations. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, so like campgrounds. There's dump stations all over the place. <laughs> like the gas station. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh just um, kidding. There's like, um, iOverlander is a great app for like finding dump stations mm. anywhere. You can just put in like your location. It'll use your GPS and it'll show you like all the dump stations nearby and like people will rate them. That's and so you can tell if it costs money. Okay. Hold on. For someone who's never been to a dump station before, 
Like, what does that look like? Are you literally like carrying your toilet out to a, uh, I don't know, something that looks like a trash can? No, no, no. So similar to like any RV park or campground, if you see RVs with like the tube coming out of it and it just like looks like it's going into the ground. Okay, there's a huge assumption because I am now experiencing RV parks for my first time. And mm -hmm. prior to this, I did not know that they had tubes that went into the ground. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically in like most RVs, you've got three different tanks. You have your water tank, mm -hmm. your gray water tank, which is your sink runoff shower runoff, all of that, mm -hmm. and you have your black water. And your black water is your poop and pee, right? And so when you go to empty your tank, you go to, with most RV parks and some campgrounds, you just hook the tube up to the gray water or black water mm -hmm. reservoir, open the floodgates, for lack of a better <laughs> term. <laughs> Release the dogs. <laughs> goes down the tube and into this dump hole basically and so like um when you go to a dump station it's similar it looks like a driveway and then mm. there'll be like a hose mm -hmm. and then next to the hose there'll be a small hole in the ground that's maybe like four inches in diameter or mm. so and so you just have to like put your hose mm -hmm. from your gray water black water whatever into that hole and then wow. that's how you dump it for me, I have to detach the top section mm -hmm, of mm -hmm. my toilet, which is like the seat portion where you have the water reservoir for flushing. Mm -hmm. And I put that somewhere else, usually on the ground. And then in the grass. On my head. <laughs> <laughs> like a hat. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> gross. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> I'm so trying to imagine you doing this. <laughs> so you put it on the ground somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then, so some... Like the toilet that we have down below, it has like a special tube mm. that like you just rotate and then dump it like a tea kettle. Oh, into fascinating. It. Yeah. That sounds and awful. Yeah. Mine is worse. Oh, so it is. mine does not have the long tube that rotates out that makes it easier to dump. Mm -hmm. Mine is literally just a cap on the side where a small <laughs> hole is. And so I have to like very carefully unscrew it so that like Interesting. nothing is around to spill out, right? Mm -hmm. And then I gotta just aim really well and slow wow. and dump it down the dump hole. Okay, I'm, I will admit this, if, if I were doing this process, would be a very stressful situation for me. Yeah, it was the first couple of times for me too. Tell me if you've ever had a mistake. <laughs> I haven't, not yet, thank goodness. Oh my gosh. Once I did get a little bit like splashed on my foot and I was like, gross, but I was, there's a hose right there. I cleaned yeah, myself Yeah, I up. just wiped it on my pants. It was <laughs> fine. <laughs> no biggie. Put a little la, hand la, la. sanitizer on there. <laughs> Call it a day. Wow, that's fascinating. Okay, so this has been an interesting look into what van life is like. Mm -hmm. What's been the most rewarding part about living van life? I think the freedom of being able to do whatever you want, whenever you mm. want. Like there's moments when I'm like, oh, I wish that there's like pros and cons to it, obviously. Right. Like it would be so nice to be able to share this with somebody and mm -hmm, be able to like mm -hmm. coordinate. Um, but it's so nice to be able to just like today I want to go do this. And so I'm going to. Yeah. Like, do you have an average yet of like how long you'll stay in a place? I try to stay in a place for like four days, if not mm -hmm, a little mm -hmm. bit more, if I can. It really depends on work. Mm. Um, four days is like the, the least amount of time that I would 
ideally want to stay, yeah. but that's been my average so far just because of mm. my work schedule. Actually, let's talk about that for a second because while you're living van life, you were working a normal, oh, well, I don't know if you, maybe you would call it normal, it's like normal nine to five for, type job, right? Yeah, it's normal for most um, US citizens. Um, it was not a normal job for me. Mm -hmm. It was my first corporate gig, mm -hmm. my second ever nine to five. How was that managing working from the van from wherever you might be? It, most of the time it was actually pretty nice internet was a bit of a struggle our current internet that we have here the starlink is mm -hmm. amazing um if i had that it would be way better oh well what i have on the van is like my phone hotspot and then i used this other internet service mm. called nomad internet and it was garbage mm. and so that aspect was very difficult that's um, interesting because yeah. even the, so we're using an internet service called Starlink, in which we have like this whole satellite that I set up on the roof um, every time we part. And it's pretty good, but it's definitely not the same as like the fast internet I have access to when like I'm at a home mm -hmm. by any means. Like it's pretty frustrating. I can't imagine what that's so like much. for you, especially if you're trying to actually do a job. Mm -hmm. Okay, but the upside is that you can go anywhere Mm -hmm. I'm so curious because I love to keep it real and not just hear about the good stuff, but also the bad stuff. Because you taught me a word that I didn't previously know, which is boondocking. And if you don't know what that is, actually, I'll let you answer it. What is boondocking? Boondocking is when you go onto like either government land, like BLM land, so Bureau of Land Management, mm -hmm. um, and you can camp there for free. And it's for the most part, it's just a big field or it's like forest roads that have little pull-offs, mm -hmm. but it's basically being where nobody's managing it necessarily. <laughs> and, that's, and that's where you can find Candace. <laughs> Hiding in the woods. <laughs> um, all right, so boondocking is uh, the way you would normally go and find places that you would stay. Mm -hmm. um, I like to keep it real. I would love for you to share some of the stories you've told me about. Maybe like, let's just start with one. Like what's been like a scary time on the van? Um, in the van. I would say the scariest time I had, I was um, in the Olympic Peninsula on a forest road and a little pullout. And it was like busier than I was expecting it to be. Mm -hmm. And then, and I was exhausted. Like I didn't get much sleep the night before for a variety of reasons. Like when you're, when you're camped in, there's certain boondocking spots where you feel safe and it's mm -hmm. fine and you're not going to see very many people then there's others that are like kind of busy it's not that far off the road it's and it, you just don't sleep super well in those conditions because either the van's moving or there's people around mm. um when you say the van's moving what do you mean like if there's a lot of like bigger vehicles or something passing by uh, it rocks yeah like it yeah, rocks yeah, yeah. the whole time um and so depending on like there's just times especially as a solo female traveler, like you're just on alert at all times, mm -hmm. right? So I didn't get much sleep. Found this place and I was like, I'm going to bed so early. It's gonna be so good. I'm in this like beautiful forested area. It's gonna be great. Mm -hmm. All the reviews for this have been great. And then at 1 a.m. I woke up to gunshots outside of the van. And I was like, <gasps> ah! like what's happening? Um, and that was probably one of the scariest. Actually, what did you do in that moment? Like, did you? immediately jump in the driver's seat and drive out of there? Or what did you do? No, I, I waited a minute because I counted how many, because it was for a while, mm -hmm. right? 
And I was like, six, okay. And growing up, my grandpa used to take me to like gun ranges and stuff. And mm-hmm. most of the time it was like somewhere in the woods, like a big gravel pit and we yeah, just yeah. shoot things. And so then I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, it's definitely just like a bunch of drunk people in the woods mm. shooting stuff. Like it's six shots. Which is also equally dangerous. Right. And yeah, so then yeah. I looked on the map and was like, where's the nearest place that could be this? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then I looked at iOverlander and I found there were a couple different places that people had boondocked before. Mm. There were like, there are lots of shell casings here. People clearly shoot here, blah, blah, blah. And so then I was like, oh, okay, well, they're a couple miles away. I should be fine. I yeah. went back to sleep. Um, you went back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. It took me a while, but I went back to sleep. And wow. then, um, yeah, right. I think that might be one of the. And what's the most beautiful place you've brought your van? Ooh. Um, well, Alaska, obviously, but like that's like the. Well, it's no. I. So I've been to Alaska once, mm-hmm. like as a child, which means I did not appreciate it even a tiny bit. Like, I don't know. Describe what it's like bringing your van around Alaska. It's the most beautiful spots. Ooh. So I was in Skagway. So I stayed in Southeast Alaska at that point. Um, mm-hmm. I probably would have gone further if the engine was okay while I was up there, but it was not doing very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's this beautiful spot on the South Klondike Highway that like right on this beautiful lake surrounded by huge mountains. Mm. It's gorgeous. The fall colors were all out, which also meant that the northern lights were out. And mm. so I got to like my first night in the van was actually under the northern lights. Oh, that's freaking um, neat. Yeah, it was amazing. Whoa. And so I got like tons of beautiful photos and it was like the best night that's I could have cool. ever had. Yeah. All right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. How long do you think you'll do van life for? I could see myself doing this for a very long time. Oh, wow. Maybe not full-time. I could see, like, five, three to five years full-time mm-hmm. and then wanting a cabin and being able to weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, I could also see myself totally running away and, like, moving to Germany or Australia or something oh, else. I love that. So that's I don't a, know. That's a true traveler <laughs> spirit right there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Do you think I could live van life? I think you could weekend it. I think that if you lived it, I think that it would need to be not my van. <laughs> you would need like a much nicer van. <laughs> not, gra- not grandma's cozy <laughs> cabin. Grandma's cozy cabin is not for you. No floral, um, no floral in there. No, but I think that you could do it. I think that it would be a Actually, good. Fit do you for think you. I would want to do it? Why or why not? I think that you would like the options. Mm. I think that you would like the freedom of Mm. being able to go do, like, hey, you want to go camping this weekend? Do you Mm want to go to, like, Big Bear? Do you want to go there? Like, you could just do it. Yeah. Um, But I think there's, like, there's so much effort for little payoff. (laughs) If you, like, if I'm, like, being super honest, you know, like, in my opinion, the effort is worth it. Mm -hmm. But I don't think that the effort is worth it necessarily for all people. Well, I mean, this is also a dream that you've had for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on. So let's back up because originally your parents were trying to scare you about fan down by the river <laughs> and now you live the van life. How, how have they received that? Ooh, um, it's been an interesting mixed bag for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my mom goes back and forth 
Mm. every three seconds as far as oh, whether seconds. or not she likes it or not. Because um, in some ways she's like, yes, she knows that I'm like, I have a wanderer spirit. I mm -hmm. always have. It's part of who I am. And so she's like, I'm so glad that you're mm. living this dream and you're doing what you want to and you're mm -hmm. living a very creative life. However, the safety aspect of it, she is very concerned mm. about, which is fair. Um, Actually, I was... I was, I was going to say, I bet your mom is worried about your safety. Give me two examples of something you do, like, safety-wise while you're on the road. Yeah. Um, so once I park somewhere, especially if I'm, like, if I'm boondocking and there's no one else around, I'm not too concerned about it. Mm -hmm. But if I'm, like, at, like, in a parking lot, like, Walmart parking lot, for mm -hmm. example, as soon as I park, I'm not leaving the van for the mm -hmm. entire night. Mm -hmm. Not until I'm leaving. Mm. And in that case, like, as soon as I park, I put up my shades so that nobody sees me. Yeah. And I hunker down. So that's, like... How many times have you stayed in a Walmart parking lot? Um, quite a few, actually. Um, like, more than a dozen? Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. fascinating. Because um, there are times when, like, you just need to be in a city mm -hmm. for various mm -hmm. reasons. Um, or there's not a lot of boondocking around or, like, mm -hmm. campgrounds. Like, if you're staying at a campground all the time like those that racks up pretty quickly Actually, do you feel safe when you're in those walmart parking lots sometimes um because i mean usually the lights and stuff are pretty good and there's like security and stuff but in the times that you and i have been in a walmart parking lot i'm like close all the windows like mm -hmm. all all the things um i i don't, I don't feel particularly safe mm -hmm. in those situations and i try to avoid them because mm -hmm. um, it's not a good sleep it's like, yeah, I'm here. I'm, I've got a place for the night. But, like, I'm exhausted. For, like, yeah. You know, it. Uh, yeah. quality sleep matters. And when you're on alert that much, it, it wears yeah. on you quite a lot. That makes sense. Um, I've also, like, I have friends who've been in their van sleeping and somebody's trying to break into their van. That is so scary. At a Walmart parking lot. So okay. Like, so safety tip number one, when you're parked in a Walmart, you do not exit. Put all the shades up. What's, mm -hmm. what's the second thing you do? Second thing, um, I have, I'm debating if I want to share this. Um, <laughs> I, okay, I'm trying to guess at what you might say. I have two different things that I'm like t toying between which one to share. Because um, like weapons in the van, that's a thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have weapons. Um, yeah, your biceps, right? Just kidding. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I have old men's sneakers mm. that I got from Goodwill mm -hmm. that I keep in the van. And so if I'm parked anywhere, especially like outside, um, like in a boondocking spot, then mm -hmm. I'll put those shoes out. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it looks like a man is living in the van yeah, and not yeah, yeah. a woman by herself. In a totally different scenario... When I was in my early 20s, and at that time, I was working for Walmart.com, and I used to take the corporate jet to Walmart in Arkansas, Bentonville, Arkansas, I used to have a fake wedding ring. Yeah. Because safety-wise, for me, being that young and uh, the ethnicity that I am in that place, it was way more safe for me mm -hmm. to look like I was a married woman mm -hmm. and to always try to, like, dressed to look like I was way older than I was. Mm -hmm. uh, so while not at all the same thing, 
But and similar. It's, yeah, similar. Maybe I need some old man sneakers. Wow, that's yeah. actually really fascinating. Yeah, um, I have a wedding ring that I keep with me too. Just like, I sneak on there every Yeah, time. mine was like actually from like a, like a toy something something, but it looked pretty legit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so mom worried about safety. How yeah. about dad? Um, my stepdad thinks it's rad. Like Ooh. he's worried about safety too. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, he's like, "This is awesome. Yeah, yeah, Go yeah. for it." Um, oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. But they've like to be fair, they've known this for a long time. Like, shoot, I sent myself to New Zealand when I was twelve years old to like <laughs> do a foreign exchange program, and yeah. so they they get it. Like they saw how miserable I was in PT school, and so mm -hmm. they're like, "Yeah, go for it." Plus, I've oh, broken them at this point like horses because I travel by myself so much. <laughs> you do all the things. <laughs> like, Actually, I can relate to that in that my parents couldn't understand my desire to wander off, explore, mm -hmm. see all the neat things, talk to the interesting people. Yeah. Actually, this is an interesting story. So I did this big trip through Asia with my family. And they still talk about it to this day. We had a night in Thailand in which... You know, all of our family was together in the hotel and like my family like went out to dinner that night and I wanted to go out and explore. Mm -hmm. And I went out to explore and they still talk about it as like, she wandered off. We don't know where she went. It was so unsafe. And like I went out and just explored and I made a random friend in a hair salon of all places. His <laughs> name's Bert. This trip happened in like circa 2007. He and I are still friends to this date. And like talk occasionally about where we've been traveling. But like it was my, like I love to just wander around and just see what's happening beyond the scheduled itinerary of what my family loves. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, they, it was very difficult for them to accept me <laughs> in that night. And also as I continue to do that in the future. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. So what's the biggest thing that van life has taught you? I am more resilient and resourceful than I realized mm. and um, very, very capable. If something happens, like I can figure it out. Like I've got, I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, tell me the worst thing that's ever happened on your van that you had to be like super resilient for. Ooh, um, as you know, my van has had a lot of mechanical issues this last summer. I mean, um, it's it's brand new though, right? What's <laughs> a, a brand new '88? <laughs> Prime condition, really. Yeah. There's no reason for any mechanical issues. Um, yeah. So I had to get towed four times in two months for various crazy things. Um, what was the craziest one? My steering box just came apart. Just excuse me. <laughs> so you, you've got your steering column, right? And then yeah. it comes down to your wheels, mm -hmm. and that's like. So anyway, I'm just driving along, and all of a sudden, oh, that's not the scariest thing. Hold on, I'll finish the up. story. And okay, what so happens? The steering wheel falls off or something? No, so like the steering box just like came apart, and suddenly I had no steering or very little steering. Like, I would I was like steering while driving. Oh my gosh, I know, it's so pointless. Why do they even have that? Hold on, how did you safely pull over? Um, Since clearly you're still living to this I'm day. So so where I was located had no cell service. And mm -hmm. so I had to get somewhere else. And mm -hmm. so I just like kept driving and stayed on like wow. mostly straight roads. 
and if I had to turn, then I would just like really like crank it because I still had some steering. What it was your totally... heart rate during this time? Oh my god, <laughs> I don't even know because this was, I think this was the fourth. No, it was the fourth toe, and so I was like at my fucking. I mean, at my wits end with all of it. I was like, am I gonna have to like get rid of this van? Wait, why didn't you give up? I. Oh, man, it's been such a dream for so long. I put mm. so much blood, sweat, and tears into it. And it's like mm. my ticket to freedom in so many ways. And it just feels, when I'm in the van, everything feels so right with the world. Ah, that yeah. I, like, can't give up that, like, sense of peace that I have inside the van. I love this story because too often I hear people having a dream. They realize that dream and they make it happen. It turns out to be either a pain in the butt or not what they expected, but they stick in it simply because it was the dream mm -hmm. and they're not listening to all the signs that say, that was a dream for you, but it is no longer a dream for you anymore. Mm -hmm. What I'm hearing from you though is like, you're in the right place. It That's like a it. <laughs> good reason to stick to it in grandma's cozy cabin <laughs> from 88. Yeah. Okay, so that wasn't the scariest time. That sounds scary AF. What was the scariest time? Oh my gosh, the scariest time. Um, it was right after Colin left. And so Colin was my partner. And mm -hmm. the agreement was like he'd fix all the mechanical stuff. I would build the inside of the van. And then whenever we would get on the road, you know, he would take... That's why I agreed to get an older vehicle mm -hmm. in the first mm -hmm. place. Um, so when we split, I was like, okay, like we're <laughs> figuring it out. <laughs> Gotta find a new mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my handyman? So um, I was driving to a dog sitting gig and I was already on my way to, because I had some propane tank issues. So I, was, I had an appointment with an RV place already to deal with that. Mm -hmm. So I'm like driving on I-5, going past Seattle. I'm almost there. Not quite, not not really. I still have two more hours to go, but it was almost, you know, <laughs> felt right. And it's so not like, almost gone. No, but I like, just made it out of like the busy traffic of mm. Seattle Center. Mm -hmm. And I just passed Seattle, and so I'm like, okay, I'm getting, I'm getting there, I'm getting there. And all of a sudden, I have no steering. I'm on I-5. Traffic is not great. My engine has been cutting out, and like my engine is just stopping as I'm driving. Sometimes it'll just like turn off. What were and you so, telling yourself as this was happening? I, at that point, I was like trying to troubleshoot. Mm. That was like the only thoughts that I had. I was like, okay, what could possibly be happening right now? Why is this happening? How can I safely maneuver? Can I keep going? No, don't keep going in this situation. Because <laughs> then also like the van, like the engine starts like smoking and I'm like, Shit, okay, like I'm trying to get off the highway and I already drive like on like close when to the shoulder anyway. When you say smoking, do you mean like, oh, I kind of smell something? Or is it like, oh, like a like someone else on the road be like, that van is smoking. Which kind of smoking? At first it was a smell. Mm -hmm. I was like, something smells sweet. Mm -hmm. That's weird. And then all of a sudden it was like plumes of oh, white smoke whoa. coming out, right? Oh. And so I'm like, shoot, okay. Mm -hmm. Um so I'm pulling off, everything's fine, and blah, blah, blah. Um, I ended up 
getting to, which was very difficult, and everybody was so mad at me on the highway for this. Like, people were, like, flipping me off for driving slowly, and I'm like, plumes of gas, like, plumes of smoke. I'm like, I have no steering, I, so I'm I yanking. I flip you off. People were pissed. <laughs> so I find myself, like, on the side of the road and like, a, oh, man, this was such a crazy story. So I find myself on this residential street, open up the hood, there's liquid everywhere splattered all over the place it's dumping liquid out the bottom of the van and i'm like what is happening and i'm a clue and then i see my serpentine belt has come off i don't know what serpentine so it's the it's the belt that like runs all of the fans and it goes from your engine and everything Mm -hmm. it's the Mm -hmm. only belt in most vehicles Mm -hmm. um it came off of course i don't have steering it's dead um and so i have a two and a half miles to the nearest mechanic at this mm. point. I can get towed. Mm-hmm. I didn't have AAA at the time, so I was like, this is going to be freaking expensive. Mm-hmm. How oh. much does it cost to get towed without AAA? Oh my gosh, it's hundreds of dollars. Mm. Like, it would have been, for me to go those two miles, it could have been $400, mm. especially because like my van's so big that I have to have a special tow truck. I can't get towed ah. by anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I like, like I'm going to make it. I still have some steering. Mm-hmm. It's not power steering. I just have to yank real hard and go real slow. Can we slow. just recap what's happening right now? Okay, yep. Plumes of smoke, liquid everywhere. Yeah. The, the one belt that the van has is broken. Yep. Uh, troubles with steering. People have already flipped you off. Oh, yeah. They're angry. And you're still going to get back on the road. Yeah. Also, like, my engine keeps shutting off randomly this while driving. This is a true desire it's, to live the van life right di- And in this moment, it's a disaster. Everything's yeah. wrong. So I'm, I make it to the mechanic shop. It turns out my belt tensioner had broke. Mm. So it, like, basically it keeps your belt spinning properly. So if you know anything about me, given our previous travels together, I don't mm-hmm. care what happens. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. Anyway, so the tensioner. I, wait, I'm curious. Why you didn't just drop your van off and leave? Like, what made you keep going at this moment? Um, By the way, Candace loves to tell me about mechanical issues and stuff. And I'm like, just tell me the parts I need to know. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to know the details. Just I mean, Unless any through. of the details are sexy, then I want to know. But No, it wasn't. So um, Why did I keep going? This was pretty early on. Mm. whenever I like I just finished the build and was just living in it full time mm. yeah you, couldn't, new you couldn't give up at no, this point not at all no. it was like the first it was the initial like the very first big issue that I had but with did you thing. have a moment when you were like this might not be for me yeah I had that moment of like is this worth it because mm. like to to add more backstory like the reason that my partner and I broke like of five years broke up was because of the van. Mm. Like he didn't want to do it anymore. He wanted a stable life mm. and I wasn't willing to give that up. Ah, interesting. So I already like not only blood, sweat and tears into the van build itself, mm-hmm. but also like ended a five year relationship. Yeah, you could not say no in that moment. No. It was just a simple belt thing. Mm. I was gonna make it through. <laughs> I can relate to that. A large part of the reason why I left my now ex-husband is because he and I used to travel adventurously together. And somewhere along the line, he just didn't want to do that anymore. Yeah. And that's such a part of whom I am, 
who I am, I was not going to let that go. Mm-mm. Like that, my sense of adventure and my love for exploring is me. And if that's not the person who will support me or do that with me, mm-hmm. I'm gone. Yeah. Wow. You can't stay with like, cause it's your, it's who you are. It's your soul. It's like breaking a part of your soul off and being like, don't worry about that. Like everything that you love, just ignore it. Like, no, you can't do that. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I get to the mechanic mm-hmm. and then the mechanic um, immediately starts asking incredibly obtrusive questions. <laughs> like, are you solo? Are you single? Where's your partner? How did you get here? Tell me more about you. Like, I must know you from something. <laughs> Bitch, no, you don't. Get away from me, you weirdo. I'm like, all I want to do, like, my home is in his hands. My only vehicle. Yeah. I'm already stressed the fuck out. I barely made it here. Like, yeah. and then this weirdo's like, so tell me, like, are you by yourself? How did you get, get away from me? How did you get through this moment? I called one of my friends who is also a mechanic and was like, hey, this is what I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. How difficult is this for me to get out of right oh, now? Can I do this on my own? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do I do right now? Um, and I shared my location with like a bunch of people mm-hmm. and Love was that. like, hey, this I is what's going that. on. Um, Cause I have my like safety net, mm-hmm. especially like solo travel. Like you have to have your safety net. Oh yeah. My um, mom is watching my location right now as we speak. Yeah. Same, same. Um, and so, and 15 other people. Right. <laughs> that counts. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I just called my safety net and was mm-hmm. like, this is what's going on. Kept them all in the loop. Yeah. Um, I like it. Yeah. Wow. Van life. And it will continue. I'm yeah. so excited. Where can people follow along with your adventures at? Ooh, chasing period Candace on all social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, and where are you going to first when we're done with this adventure after you get back from India? That's a different story. Where, do you know where you're going? I next? do, actually. Um, I'm going to head south to stay as warm as possible for wow. as long as possible. So I'm planning on going to Arizona, New Mexico, just yeah. bop around there. I have plans wow. in Utah for a while in January, mm-hmm. and then. So if you are watching or listening to today's episode, you know where to find a creepy looking man. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. I'm in one of those states. Since <laughs> we're doing this. Oh my god! What a freaking creeper! I think you can see why I love Candace. It's been such an adventure traveling with her. She lives such a different lifestyle, and she gives me so much perspective about uh, how she travels and life. It's been fascinating to do the same trip with her and to experience this same trip totally differently. If you got some value out of this, please leave a positive review. It really does help to distribute this. Go forth, be badass, and we'll see you in the next adventure. Ciao.